Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Elevate the Edge. We are live at the Weston Dallas Park. It's great to actually get to do a podcast in person with my fabulous co-host, Ms. Joe Peterson, who's wearing another fantastic set of glasses, which in fact do kind of match her outfit. So once again, I'm tragically sad that you cannot actually see this, but say hey, Joe. Hey, and it was a plan. It was planned. It was planned. There you go. And we're joined here today with Samantha Madrid, who is the Group VP of the Security Business and Strategy at Juniper Networks. Hey, Samantha. Good morning to you both. All right, I'm kicking it back to Joe. So, Samantha, a little congratulations are in order. In late February, and for the fourth year in a row, Juniper Networks was named one of the 20 coolest network security companies as part of CRN Security 100 and highlighted Juniper Secure Edge, the security service edge SFC solution as a major reason why. Moving forward, it's estimated that 75% of enterprise-generated data will be created and process outside of a traditional centralized data center or cloud, according to Gardner. So the global edge computing market is expected to grow roughly 37% a year between 2023 and 2030. That's a lot of data to manage and secure. <laughs> it sure is. And as we know, Ms. Peterson sure does love herself of stats. So <laughs> we now have our stat to this podcast. Uh, I'm going to jump in and... Well, you know, maybe we could step back for a second, Samantha, and just tell us a little bit about what it means to be the group VP of security at a company like Juniper Networks. What do you do? Well, um, that is a great question. I want to first start off by thanking you for the congratulations. I'm super proud of the team. The business has really been doing great. And it was a nice cherry on top to not only be recognized as one of a, the cool security vendors out there, but also product of the year. Uh, by CRN for our Secure Edge solution. So in 2022. So that was great. Um, so as a group vice president uh, at uh, Juniper, I'm responsible for the entire security strategy um, in in terms of both the products development and the um, and the connection to our networking portfolio, but also all the security capabilities that are integrated into our networking infrastructure. So that includes our MX routers, our switches, and our access points. Excellent. So I think that there are so many great terms in the security landscape. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about zero trust network access and SASE. Um, how are these terms connected and why do they matter at the edge? Well, you know, that's a great question. So SASE is an architecture and it's an architecture that consists of multiple products. The two biggest uh, players in that is the SD-WAN capability along with S. SSE. So to answer your question about what's the difference between SSE and SASE, SASE is the architecture, SSE is the product. 
that fits within that architecture. And it's actually comprised of a number of different products, uh, which is one of the biggest movements you're seeing in the security space. It, SSE has firewalls as a service, it has CASB, it has Z, uh, DLP and ZTNA. So it's bringing all of those together for customers delivered from the cloud. And, um, and it really offers a nice way for customers to connect and secure their remote users. That's a great response. Thanks for breaking that down because it gets a little confusing. It does. Right? <laughs> it really uh, does. So let's talk about the rabbit endpoint problem of multiplication because endpoints are like rabbits. They, you know, they, they multiply and the threat landscape expands accordingly. You've made the decision as a client to adopt edge computing and your operation networks team, they're in discussion with your security team. They're all kibitzing. Why does a least privilege-based approach matter even more at the edge? That's, you know, another great question. I think you need to take a step back and we need to look at it. What are the problems a customer is trying to solve? And they're trying to solve access and keep the data uh, secure. And as the network becomes more distributed, more devices gain access because that means you have users devices, you have IoT devices, and you have networking infrastructure all connecting. You have uh, databases connecting to each other. So a device is a big word. And so as the edge continues to evolve, it's important that the technology used to secure those devices evolves along with it. You have traditional endpoints, and that's the the endpoint terminology we hear most about. It went from classic VPN. You, if you all recall, MDM uh, was part, you know, popped up at one point. There was EDR. Then there was um, uh, some other derivatives of that. And so it really, I like to put away the acronyms and, and really talk to customers. What are they trying to solve? What are they trying to secure and who needs access? So the concept of least privileged access is about making sure whether it's a user, a device, or an application is accessing what is required to access and nothing more. And so as if, if I'm coming on the network and I have my laptop, I should only be able to see applications that I am privileged to see. My laptop shouldn't be able to port scan the entire network. And that's the concept of moving to more of a zero trust model where we are building around identity and making sure that the data in itself is secure and those that have access to, to the data are privileged to do so. And that's overly simplified, uh, but uh, that's the, the, the crux of it. And you just explained micro-segmentation, too. So look at you. <laughs> so we're seeing more and more apps operating at the edge. From a security perspective, the goal is to provide an end-to-end -end approach. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said yesterday about sort of that's the end game, isn't it? Absolutely. So share with us 
how Juniper Connected Security Strategy can help a client achieve that goal. Well, um, so let's take a step back. You know, Connected Security is really about, in my view, so when I joined the company nearly five years ago, I was really, um, I was very passionate about the network needed to play a more active role in securing itself. Um, having been in the security industry for 25 years, it was very apparent to me that we were just moving deck chairs. We weren't really solving the problem. An adversary targeting a network knows if you only have security and traditional choke points, that means you're blind the rest of the network. So the step one of the connect security strategy was really about bringing security to every point of connection. And that started both with our security t- products like our firewalls, but also our non-security products like our networking infrastructure. So we made them threat aware. We integrated threat intelligence into our routing platforms, our switching, and our access points. So they could then extend visibility to all parts of the network for a security team and the networking team. Then what we've done is we've evolved the fact that the network is different and and the shape of the network or or the architecture of the network is different for every customer in every segment. Different business outcomes they're all driving towards. So for, for us, it's really about operationalizing those transitions for customers. And that is the the foundation of connected security. It's about operationalizing security. If my outcome is SASE, if my outcome is SSE, if my outcome is zero trust, I should be able to build upon what I already have deployed and utilizing and securing my network and making it even uh, better right? I shouldn't have to rip and replace. I shouldn't have to hire, you know, double the team size in order to have a particular business outcome. If I'm utilizing um, a, you know, SRX firewalls, I should be able to operationalize and take the same policies for my users and move them to the cloud for my SSC deployment. And that's the whole concept. And we've been innovating around this. We're the only vendor in the market that can take a firewall policy and with three-click wizard, make it an SSE policy. So we're really focused on that as just an example. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned operationalizing security. And I think that if we look at what's happening right now, you know, managing IT and security has become more complex. We've got hybrid cloud, multi-cloud, containers, edge, a whole bunch of things going on. And, you know, we've actually, Joe and I have been talking to companies and we've heard about the desire to reduce the operational complexity in and around security and networking. Is this on the wish list of the clients you chat with? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, it, it, let's take zero trust as an example. A zero-trust architecture has been something we've been talking about as an industry for well over 10 years, for a very, very long time. (laughs) And so why hasn't it grown roots? It's because it was tough to operationalize. Aside from deploying products that could potentially do zero-trust, the onus was entirely on the customer to implement it, to figure out how to build that bridge, the bridge from where they are to their where they want to go, which is a complete zero trust network. That's a lot of work. And no one was ever saying, hey, this is how you can do it, or this is how we can automate it. 
And that's what we built with SD Cloud is we're automating all those architectural transformations. So we're really bringing in uh, the concept of operationalizing security literally to life for, for, for customers. Well, that probably brings up another point. You know, we have heard a lot about sustainability and achieving, you know, greener uh, homes and workplaces. Um, can you talk about how a connected, you know, Juniper's connected security strategy might help companies achieve more greenness at work? Absolutely. Because, again, the, 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 the idea is building on what you have. If you are wanting to leverage investments in technologies that you have, you can do so by building on top of that. If you want to take advantage of the capabilities in a smaller uh, form factor, we have fixed firewalls, we have chassis firewalls um, that can have a higher capacity, um, you know, higher port density, and um, you know are able to have better power consumption as well. I think you know having a greener um, and, and more sustainable footprint for any organization starts with the architecture. And so you want to make sure that your architecture can kind of bridge where you are to where you're going and can take advantage of the newer technologies, the newer um, you know products in the market to do that. So, Samantha, great answer. And it's so nice to hear that people can use what they have and reuse what they have. <clears throat> That's a way to recycle IT. That's a way to be more sustainable. So we always end the podcast with a fun fact. Not tech-related can be anything that you want. Please share a fun fact with us. Oh, wow. Um Fun fact, I just uh, got back from swimming around Grenada, uh, open water swimming. That's my new thing now. Mm. Uh, I'm a former swimmer, competitive swimmer, so I'm in college. And now I've kind of embarked on open water swimming. So that's a fun fact. That's awesome. I'm sure it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We're excited about you and your journey, and we're excited about what you're going to come up with next. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us at the Juniper Networks Industry Analyst Summit. We really enjoyed being here and hearing the vision in person. You take care. Likewise. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com. <laughs>